Aspie is good. Rudiger is good. But can I turn your attention to Andres Christensen, who I know no one is mentioning, right? Correct me if there has been a Twitter account who has put his name forward. Uh, it's probably just you, Sam. <laughs> I think he's really being overlooked. I know everyone is going Rudiger versus Aspie, right? I would actually prefer Christensen over Rudiger. In fact, if I were to wildcard, I would probably go Aspie and Christensen and get rid of Rudiger. Wow. Hello everyone and welcome back to the FPL Banger Podcast. This is the Game Week 30 preview and it's me, Siva, joined once again by Sam. Sam, how's it going? How's the break? And how was Game Week 29? Break's alright, you know. Yeah, it's been nice, I guess, to have a bit of a break. Um, yeah. Game week 29 went... Oh, it went well for me, I guess. 65 points, which are um, not as high as I thought I'll be. And um, you know very well about my last-minute decision to remove Bamford for Josh Maja, which cost me 10 points, so would have been on 75. That one hurt, right? Because I did it, you know, just minutes before the deadline texted you about it too i even sent you my original team with bamford if you remember but yeah, yeah other than that almost all my picks came true um except for obama young and dawson and i'm not too fast about that you know because i would have picked them anyway the bamford one really gets me because it was you know a last minute decision but other than that yeah i think it did pretty all right for a free hit I'm just going to read out your team very quickly because it was a long time ago. You had Meslier in goal, three points. You had Dunk and Veltman, so clean sheet and assist for Veltman. Rafinha, Pepe, Gross, Oba, Lingard, 12. Rafinha had eight. Pepe off the bench with four. Gross with an assist himself, so that's six. Josh, Os- Josh Maja with one. Kane, captain, 14. And the unlucky one, you had Craig Dawson for his own goal, minus one. And I wanted to ask you, Sam, because you specifically called out Joachim Anderson on the last pod, and you told me Joachim Anderson, you know, no one's talking about him. He's going to be a great pick. And when I saw him score, I was like, oh, what a call from Sam. But you you went Craig Dawson instead. How did that feel? <laughs> I just felt that Fulham were not, it's not going to keep a clean sheet, right? So I decided, you know, to go the other way. And I just felt Dawson had a good chance of scoring. I just got it wrong, you know, which side he was going to score. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, decisions, right? See, I'm not too fast about that. So I picked Gross over Trossard. Trossard outscored him a lot. But I knew that no matter what, I still would have gone for Gross because that's where my gut was. So, And he did return. Not as much as Trossard, but I mean, you can't have every single best player, right? You have the team of the week if you do. So I'm not too fast about all those. The only one that I was was... Is Josh Maja because I really thought Bamford would do well. Last minute, I read some stats that said, um, I don't know, Fulham's uh, XG, Josh Maja's XG, Leeds XGC, and I was like, hmm, okay, like, maybe I'll go for a punt on Maja. Oh, so, you should never trust yeah, uh, don't last read minute stats. stats. Yeah, exactly. Don't read last minute stats. Yeah. So that's 10 points. 10, 10 points for gone a long way I guess but I still can't complain I guess 65 points I think the 65 is a solid score I had 
with no free hit 56 on a minus four. And you know, I, I said I would I would do okay compared to you. And I did I did okay. Sim similar to you, I didn't have Bamford, not because I didn't think he was a good pick, but I just for budget reasons I already had Josh Marger. So unfortunately I was stuck on that with you. He played well, but taken off in the first half after a really good chance. So one point. But I also had Rafinha captain, 16 points. I'm very happy with that. Outscored Kane, you know, by two points. But still, we, we take what we can get. Uh, I had Oba, blank, Sun, injured. Can't do anything about that. Antonio, seven. Dan Burn, blank, again, injured. Cresswell, zero points, you know. So he beat Dawson. So that's good. <laughs> Veltman, 10. Martinez, one. But Lingard, Jesse Lingard, Sam. And I like, I like how you texted me after... The match, you know, and you said, oh, I think Lingard may be a real option now. Both of us had him. And so many people on Twitter, so, so much salt about Lingard scoring. Everybody, the, the non-believers were like, oh, you know, lucky goal, you well, know, sort of shank. Overperforming his XG and some stuff like that. Oh my God. The, the, the level of, you know, anti-Lingard. I'm not even a United fan, okay? I'm an Arsenal fan. So I got no uh, loyalty to Lingard. But I don't get why people are so upset when he scores and like they're like, oh no, it's lucky. There's just oh he took the free kick too fast. Oh he his he's overperforming his numbers. We're gonna talk a bit about you know assets to target later on. But Jesse Lingard, his manager says he's doing amazing stuff. He says he's doing great. He feels great. Gareth Southgate has picked him for England. All of these people who are work in football think he's doing great. But you've got all these guys on Twitter saying, oh, no, this this can't last. I don't buy this. You know, I'd rather have Ross Barkley or someone like that who's actually <laughs> high. Yeah. Now, I get you. And I think it happens once in a while, right, with certain players, that the whole collective FPL community, for some reason, hits because they are overperforming their XG or something like that. And they turn out really good. And on the reverse of that, there are some players who are, have been underperforming their XG for like 10 game weeks and all the casuals have gone off them but the FPL committee is still like oh you know they have the XG they got the underlying numbers to back it up they're gonna come good I'm talking about Salah by the way but <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say but yeah yeah I and mean, then we'll get yeah, but... into all this right yeah, but there's this... I mean, you're not on Twitter, Sam, so you don't get to see all this, but there's this, been this big debate over luck versus skill versus uh, optimal methods to win FPL on Twitter over the international break because, you know, people have a lot of free time, right? And I don't I don't think it's really... We're not that kind of pot. I don't think we really need to sit here and waste time. But what I would just say is this. I do miss the days when we were playing FPL, like I was thinking 2015, 2016, and when Mares and Vardy were running to the title... I don't ever remember thinking about Mars's historical XG performance in France, okay? At most, I would have thought, I don't know who this guy is, but he seems to be scoring. Okay, let's, you know, let's get him. Right now, you've got guys who look back at XG records over the last 10 years. They go back and, and sometimes I just feel like a player can be a good pick for a short period of time. That doesn't mean you can't get him. You can ride that wave and then when he burns out, you sell him. That's true. That's true. It was simpler times back then, right? Before XG and XGC and XA and XGI and XFPL and, <laughs> and all the access. <laughs> all the access. I love stats, don't get me wrong. I really do. And it's important. Like, if, if it weren't for stats, we wouldn't know things like, you know, the fact that Chelsea's got the lowest XGC and all those kind of things. But I just think that we sometimes get obsessed with long-term performance and long-term pedigree of assets. 
we don't need to own these assets for the whole season or for you know the entire career. So that's all I want to say. I think yeah. we should move on. Yeah. So yeah. let's uh, get into today's agenda, right? So today's agenda will be talking about Man City assets. A lot of people scared about rotation. Liverpool assets. They've got good fixtures, so everybody wants to jump back on. Chelsea, good fixtures as well. Wolves, good fixtures, but maybe questionable form. And then we're going to do a quick fire round of general questions, wildcard chips to play in the final few weeks, and finally captaincy for this week. So let's get straight into it. Our first two questions coming on Man City rotation from CFC Nick3. Thoughts on staying with three City players, Cancelo, Stones, Gundo, not sure if these guys will play since the league is almost wrapped up. And good friend at the port, FPL Frazier. How do you see City rotation in the coming weeks? I'll be honest, Sam. I see a lot of pain. But what do you think? I agree. Um, you look at the international break and how much their players have played, number one. Number two, the league is almost wrapped up. Already there has been heavy rotation. It's just going to get worse from now on, I think. So, I do think it's time to jump off City assets. Not necessarily saying to have zero, although I can see the argument for that too. Personally, I think I will just probably keep one and then move forward because a lot of other assets from other teams are starting to pop up now. You don't have to hold it on City assets anymore. So It's not so much the budget or anything like that. It's more the available slots in your team. Are you worried about missing out on hauls from City Assets? I don't, to be clear, listeners, I don't own any Man City players. I sold them all in Game Week 29 when they blanked. And I don't have plans to bring them back in because as far as I'm concerned, the league title is done. And while I know they won't, you know, miss every game, you'd expect them to start, uh, you know, every other game at least. Pep is chasing a Champions League title. He hasn't won the Champions League since 2011, 10 years ago. He's not going to risk KDB against, you know, Leeds or against Leicester. He's going to pick one of these games and say, you know what, you can rest. This is what he did against Fulham. So I don't see the benefit of keeping, you know, these assets week on week. But how do you feel about missing out on Hall, Sam? A lot of people are scared to sell this week because City play Leeds in Game Week 31. So are you scared of missing out on Halls there? No, not at all. Because like I said, I think there are other options coming in that are just as good. Maybe not in a single game week, right? Of course, City assets, we know when City are on form, they can win 4-0 and your assets can, you know, have a big haul. But if you take over four weeks, for example, and your City assets only play twice, let's say he hauls one, he blanks one, and then the other two, he doesn't even get a chance to play. But you have assets who have reasonable chance of returning in those four weeks, may not have a single week haul that is as big as, say, Mares, right? But over the four weeks, I think they can do better. It's just the rotation is really messing it up, you know. Yeah, and I see a lot of argument people saying, you know, you can hold on to them as long as you have a good bench. It sounds uh, good in theory, but the issue with it is, typically if players are on your bench, they're on your bench for a reason. They're not good enough to be in your starting eleven, And because we can't predict the rotation, you may get cases where your city assets play the hard games and then your bench assets also play the hard games you know, that's when the City Assets miss the easy games. So let's just, you know, look at their schedule now. They play Leicester, then Dortmund, then Leeds. Let's just say you own Gundogan. Let's say Gundogan plays against Leicester and Dortmund. He'll get rested against Leeds. Leeds is the easy fixture. And maybe your bench asset has a tough fixture in that week. 
And that's the kind of the problem you're going to have here. So I just think it's too difficult to predict. I would sell. If you have free transfers to spare, I would sell. Yeah, I agree. I think the argument for outfield players is especially risky, you know, because they can come in for 10 minutes, one minute, and then that's it, right? They're blocking your bench slot uh, from coming in. Defenders may be a bit safer, but again, they're not exactly keeping as many clean sheets as they were. That's it. I think I said in last week's spot that I still have faith in Stones, right? So if there's one City defender I would keep, it's John Stones. It's weird, but they seem to only keep clean sheets when he play. Yeah, but John Stones made some mistakes over the international break, Sam. I'm not sure yeah, if you but, saw. You know, that's a, it's a different team, so... <laughs> He's playing with Maguire, is it? Yeah, that's true. But no, for real, you check back in the their points hall, right? They tend to only keep clean sheets when Stones play. So, and when he doesn't, he, you know, centre-backs don't get subbed on. So, I think Stones is alright to have if you have a bench to come in. Um, and a strong bench, right? A proper strong defender. But then, there will be weeks there where you have headaches, uh, where, you know, you're not sure if you should play your bench because your bench also has a really good fixture. So, you got to weigh it up. So, for me, personally, I'm only keeping Stones. I'm going to sell my other City players, probably. I mean, I, I, like I said, I've sold all, and I think there just there are other places you can get points now, so you might yeah. miss out on the occasional haul. But I think other teams do have good fixtures. I don't think City's run is the easiest anyway. And while they're still in the Champions League, I just don't feel like signing up for that level of stress. Agreed, agreed. Okay, we did that pretty quickly. So let's get into the next question, which is going to Liverpool from Kushairi With international break performances, is it time to consider Jota over Gunduan? Is it time for Gundogan? So Sam, <laughs> Jota scored in international yes. break. He scored before the break for Liverpool. You know, looks good. He's really cheap. 6.6 6 mil. Low ownership. Are yep. you looking to get Jota I in? I am. Ooh, I think okay. Jota is really hot right now. He's on form on club level. He's on form even international. He's getting into the right positions. And as we all know... Liverpool have not been performing well. So they need this, you know. If there's a player on form like Jota who is injecting so-called new life into their attack, they have to play him. And I I just think, you know, um, all the signs point to it's a yes, get Jota in. Although this week is not the easiest fixture, right? They've got Arsenal this week. Could be easy I mean, to be hard, right? You we never know which Arsenal right? turn out. Yeah, three no, three goals conceded in what twenty minutes against West Ham. Exactly, but then they they went back. So that's the perfect example of Arsenal, right? Both sides of their play in one game. Yeah, unfortunate. But that's why I mean I wouldn't be opposed to getting in Jota one week early because you look at the fixtures, right? It's Arsenal this week, then it's Villa. Villa, not as tight as they used to be. I think we can say that. And then you've got Leeds, Newcastle, Man United, Southampton, West Brom, Burnley. It's a good run. I, I really yeah. can't deny that. And Jota 6.6. You really have nothing to lose here. Agreed. I think he's the asset to have from Liverpool right now. Not Salah. I'm still not convinced by Salah. And I know online a lot of people are still advocating to keep him. Or even get him in for this good run. But I'm I'm just not convinced. I can get the arc. I mean, I... I I'm responsible for a lot of our Twitter accounts' uh, insults towards Salah, so 
Uh, but I do it. I imagine what you would say, and then I say it. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. But but I I generally don't have issues with people who want to keep Salah because if you've kept this long, I can sort of you know maybe you see light at the end of the tunnel. No, that's I, some cost fallacy, man. That is some <laughs> cost fallacy. Just because you keep him this long, you might as well just stick with it. No, there are better performing assets right now. I agree. Yes. In fact, the there plenty. are so many. I feel like I need six or seven midfield slots right now. And none of those include Salah? No, none of those include Salah. Okay. For me, it's just, it's a value proposition. You have, I think we've talked about this before in previous pods, and from nothing really has changed for me. You have a 6.6 million dopal midfielder who is delivering points. You don't need the 12 point million, you know, 12.5 million guy. The, the comparison I would make is Bruno Fernandes. There's no 6 million equivalent. You know, Oba, you could argue maybe Laka, but that's about it. So if you were to look at other teams, right, I would say there is no other team where you have a budget equivalent of Salah. Liverpool has that. So I don't see the point of getting Salah. And I just feel like you're trying to force something. He hasn't been hauling. So why not spread your risk and have other teams? If Salah starts scoring, you know, then around 32, 33, you can always get him in then. That's right, because he still has good fixtures coming up. That's the FOMO, I guess, you know, they don't want to miss out on the hauls. But who's to say there are other picks that you're bringing in one haul, right? They're all much more on form compared to Salah, right? If you were to bring in Lingard, <laughs> uh, you know, there are so many options. Rafinha, I, we'll talk about all the targets to bring in, I guess, later. Well, I guess if you're on a free transfer and you got other fires in your team, then don't waste it on Salah, right? But if you're wildcarding, I would heavily, strongly suggest to get rid of Salah. Okay, so that's, I can tell you now that that's probably not the narrative that everybody's going with. And so I'm seeing other people saying wildcard with not just Salah and Jota, but with Trent as well. And that, I'm sorry, that's one step too far for me because why would you even want a Liverpool defender based on what they've done so far this season? And yeah. when you have Chelsea defense and you have Shaw, but what do you think? I agree. No, no Liverpool defenders for me, right? Chelsea defense is the way to go, plus Shaw, probably. As for doubling up on Salah and Jota, I, I just think, no. I think we are both in agreement, right? We both feel that Salah is just not worth his price right now. The way he's playing, it's just not worth it. Are we being too stubborn because we've sort of, you know, made a stand against owning Salah? We've said it's a waste of time. It's been a waste of time. Are we, will we take this too far, you know? I don't think we're being stubborn, right? Because he hasn't shown any signs that he's coming back. Now, if he hauls and we're still like, no, nah, he's bad. And then he hauls again and we say, no, don't get him in. Then that's being stubborn. This one is just reading, you know, what's been happening. Yeah, and I would say this also. I think there's a lot to be said about energy, right? I don't know if this is getting outside of FPL. But just reading uh, the stuff that's coming out from Salah this week, he's talking to a Spanish newspaper about how one day he'd like to play in Spain, yeah, things like that. Definitely. And you've got Liverpool having what is probably one of their worst seasons in recent memory. You contrast that to this, you know, as an example, I hate to go back to this, but Jesse Lingard, right? And you listen to all his interviews and he's talking about how he loves his football. West Ham are doing great. And I just think... We can sit here and obsess over shots on target and big chances. Totally fine with that. And you can always see that Salah's close to a haul. But I just think when all the, the mood around a certain player is bad, I, I feel like that is going to eventually affect the performances. He can't just be this, he's not an unfeeling, emotionless player, you know. He, And I think that will feed into his performances. And that's 
I think part of the reason why they they aren't doing well. Yeah, I mean, this is just purely from his historical performance, right? That's the reason why they are all there. That and the underlying numbers. But even with the underlying numbers, if I just told you there is a player who has only scored four goals since game week fifteen, and from those four, it only happened in three game weeks, right? So he's blanked twelve of the past fifteen game weeks, and he costs what twelve point six. Would you still want to get him in? Without Hell knowing no. the name, it sounds terrible. It's just when I tell you it's Salah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we should get him in. I I think a comparable situation would have been uh, Alexis Sanchez, but see, Alexis Sanchez changed clubs, right? But when he moved to United and became a non-existent FPL asset. We were able to accept it because, okay, he's changed clubs, so maybe different system. I think with Salah, his regression as an FPL asset is something difficult for managers to take because same club, same manager, same team, and just people just can't believe it. Yeah. I think enough said for us um, about Salah, I think. We've said all we want to say already. So I guess on this part, we will stand on this, what do you call it, on this hill, this anti-Salah hill. <laughs> we'll die on this hill. I don't know about that, but yeah. But for now, definitely, he's not a priority for me and not my concern. Let's move on to Chelsea, though, because Chelsea is the exciting team, right? Great fixtures. You know, everybody suddenly wants Chelsea, which I'm very happy to hear because I already have triple Chelsea. Questions this week from Carrick FPL Low. You know, wants to take a one-week punt on Chelsea. So should he go Harvards and Alonso or Mount and Aspi? Should he go all-in, give them the captaincy? Got FPL Hafiz asking Alonso as a mega hauler this week. Now the Alonso bandwagon, I don't know if you know Sam, but on Twitter it's it's all the rage, okay? People are talking about Alonso captain. A lot of this stems from the fact that Chilwell has played a lot of minutes during the international break and Alonso did not play any minutes. And also people think Alonso is tall and therefore he will play <laughs> against West Brom. <laughs> Which is not it's not the worst argument I've heard, to be honest with you. I, for me, I just think Chilwell will be a bit tired. I listened to an interview with him yesterday where he talked about the hectic schedule. He used the words hectic. And I do feel like Tuchel, of all managers, is quite comfortable rotating. I'm a little concerned if it's Alonso who comes in or, you know, Tuchel pulls a fast one and brings in Emerson, who seems to have started playing games as well. I think I it's a one week... even still in the club. No, mate, he's still there. And he just, he's given, you know, like comments this week about how he really likes working with Tuchel. Tuchel seems to have figured out how to rotate players while keeping them happy in a way that Frank wasn't able to. And credit to him. But basically for me, I think as a one-week pun, I personally think Alonso's fine as a one-week pun, but if you if you have a wildcard. But if you don't have a wildcard, I would not go anywhere near him. I don't, you know, he's a bench risk waiting to happen for me. I agree. And even for the one-week pun, just... Remind yourself that there is a chance that he'll just play, you know, zero minutes or even come on for 10 minutes. So like, can you stomach it? You're taking the punt, you're taking the risk. And I think sometimes, despite it being a risk, a punt, there is a certain expectation on people, right? And it affects your mental health, you know, if your punt doesn't come off and things like that. So I guess if you want to bring Alonso, yes, he is maybe the most explosive defender out there, um, next to Trent, maybe, on his day. But if he doesn't come on, if he blanks, if he comes in for the last 10 minutes of the game, can you stomach it? And if you can't, then don't go alone, sir. 
Sam, you you mentioned to me before we came on that you were thinking about wildcarding soon. So does that mean, despite the fact that you're going to wildcard soon, you are not taking this Alonso punt? So I actually haven't decided, right? I know the popular thing and the plan before this is to wildcard on Game Week 31, which is why everyone is talking about having a one-week punt this week. I'm The more thought I put into it, I'm starting to think that maybe I should just wildcard this week itself. Let's segue into that for just a bit because we've got a lot of questions about when is the right time to wildcard. And I mean, the, the, the right answer is when it's right for your team. Okay, I mean, that's the simple answer. But why Game Week 30 wildcard, Sam? It's specific to your team. What's your thought process so, behind that? I think the reason why a lot of people want to wildcard in Game Week 31 is two reasons, basically. First is that it seems like all your players have good fixtures this week, right? So why mess it up? That's one. Number two is that there's a big fixture swing in game week 31. So lucky for me, I think, because I used my free hit last week, I'm not trapped with the game week 29 players. And most of the game week 29 players are the ones that you want to get out because their fixtures turn in 31. Right? Like leads, you know, if you're in with triple leads and you're stuck with... Who else are there? Leads... Villa I mean, Leeds, Brighton, Villa. Yeah, Brighton, Brighton too. So for my team, I actually have a pretty good team lined up this week. In fact, I don't know who to bench. But this pretty good team includes three city assets. Anyway, my point is that I look at the players I'm planning to bring in next week, right? I want to go in with two Chelsea defenders. I want to bring in this player, that player, blah, blah, blah. And look at it, they have good fixtures this week too. So why not capitalize on it? For example, Chelsea, I only have Rudiger right now. Next week, when I walk out, I'll probably have two defenders. Why not just do it now and have two Chelsea defenders against West Brom? Almost a guaranteed clean sheet, I guess. I think that's fair. And since you are considering wildcarding, I can see why you're far less inclined to go for Alonso this week. Yeah, uh, because you'd have to carry him until the end of the season. I have Aspi and Rudy, and I feel far safer having them than I would having Alonso. So anyway, that's that's for my team at least. I feel if I'm going to wildcard, it doesn't make a very big difference in terms of uh, good fixtures whether I do it this week or next week. So I might as well do it this week then. And what are you planning to do with Leeds assets, Sam? Because I think that's what plays into a lot of people's thinking, right? Because Leeds play Chef United this week. So we had a question from Cyrus uh, asking us about when's the right time to wildcard. And that's the difficulty I would have if you wildcard this week is because Leeds start a difficult run in 31, but they have, I think, the standout fixture this week. So what would you do with them? You just bench them? Yeah, I'll probably bench them, I think. So my plan is to probably go in this week with... One list defender, one attacker. I won't double up. right? So I guess if you have the triple list, then you are in that dilemma, right? Because you want them to play against Sheffield. You could always, you know, use a free transfer to take one out next week and then bench Rafinha. I probably will still keep Rafinha because I think he's a really good asset to have. Just bench him against City probably. I, I would play him against Liverpool. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think all your attacking assets, if you can, play them against Liverpool. Yeah, and then after that, it's United, who, although we have been keeping clean sheets, we still can't concede, right? I know we kept four clean sheets in a row, but, you know, we went on a, what is it, four game week without clean sheets, and before this good run, it was few and far between. 
I mean, if we still keep clean sheets the next few weeks and we look really solid, then bench Rafinha again, right? I think this year we have a lot of money if you sold Salah. So you can have a very strong bench. And you know, you can ride out these fixtures. Because after City, Liverpool, United, they have Brighton, Spurs, Burnley, Southampton, West Brom. Scorable fixtures, you know. Leeds against the bottom seven have taken 24 from 27 points. And if you look at their fixtures after 33, right? They play Sheffield United this week. Then it's City, Liverpool, Man United. And then they play Brighton, Spurs, Burnley, Southampton and West Brom. So four of their last five against teams in the bottom seven where their record is the best. And then they play Spurs as well. You know, you can sell your Leeds assets next week, but you definitely want to be getting them back. You better you better have a plan for getting them back in. Yep, agreed. So we diverted quite a bit, Sam. We were talking about Chelsea, right? And oh, yeah. uh, back to Chelsea. That, so back to Chelsea, right? Okay. So you're not keen on the Alonso part. Now, personally, I've I think I I would be okay with it as a one week thing. Totally fine. I think long term, you're asking it for trouble. I don't buy the idea that you can predict Tuchel's rotation long term captaincy. You have to be a really brave man. I mean, I went for Harvards against Leeds as captain. So maybe I'm not in a position to tell people what to do because, you know, I don't think Harvards was a guaranteed start. But I would feel riskier with Alonso simply because I went for Harvards in a week where all the other captaincy options ultimately didn't do great. Whereas this week, I think there are enough alternatives who will start, who will play, who can haul that the Alonso punt seems at least as a captain, just seems too far to me. Agree, I agree. Long term though, I think no Alonso, but Aspi is good. Rudiger is good. But can I turn your attention to Andres Christensen, who I know no one is mentioning, right? Correct me if there has been a Twitter account who has put his name forward. Uh, it's probably just you, Sam. <laughs> I think he's really being overlooked. I know everyone is going Rudiger versus Aspi, right? I would actually prefer Christensen over Rudiger. In fact, if I were to wildcard, I would probably go Aspi and Christensen and get rid of Rudiger. Wow. Yeah. So, since the past... Um, in the past four weeks, they kept Chelsea kept four clean sheets. In that weeks, he has got nine points, eight points, six points, and seven points. Sweeping up the bonus. So... And he's not nailed, I guess, in that sense, right? Because he was benched in 25. But I think... And they did not keep a clean sheet in 25, by the way. But I think that Christensen actually offers something to the Chelsea team that none of the other centre-backs does, which is great passing range. And it seems the way Tuchel is building the team, because he's playing with a back five, right? So three centre-backs. He needs that one in the middle, who can really pass to start attacks and, you know, pass their way out. Rudiger is kind of basic. Aspi can kind of do it, but he plays on the right. So I I think, just, I don't know, no professional has said this maybe, but I feel that Christensen's place is nailed in the team because of, you know, tactical reasons, right? No one else can do the job that he can. So, and he's sweeping out the bonus. I think he's a better fit than Rudiger. 4.7, so only 0.1 more than Rudiger. Actually, no, they're the same price now because Rudiger's oh. gone up. Okay, so yeah, in that case, it furthers my point on having Christensen over Rudiger. And you're not concerned about Thiago Silva or Zuma coming in for the occasional game? 
Zuma can't come in for Christensen, I think. This is the roles, right? So I think, you know, at the start, maybe Tuchel was kind of ex- exploring the team, experimenting. But I think he's kind of realized that Christensen is doing a job that no one else can. It's a very big shot, Sam. Oh, but I it mean, is, right? I am looking at just ownership, right? So this week, transfers in. Uh, Aspi is the most transferred in Chelsea defender. So, you know, just everybody who's playing FPL has looked at Chelsea defense now with 80k transfers, then Rudiger 50k. Christensen is the third most transferred in. So maybe it's something that the wider FPL, you know, audience is actually thinking about. 1.1% ownership. I can see the argument. I really can because he started the last four in a row. And then before that, he had started two in a row. So I can see it. Yeah. Rudiger has zero attacking threat anyway. The only reason why you want to get Rudiger is for his nailedness in the team and that he's cheap, right? So Christensen is just as cheap, but he offers a bit extra with uh, his bonus points. I would concede that I, you know, it seems like Christensen is putting in a real claim for that spot. Although I will point out that Rudiger has played, has started every game under Tuchel in the league, bar one. Bench? Uh, yeah. So then, since Christensen has come in to the squad, he's on. He started every game, bar one. <laughs> Right? Fair, fair. Yeah. Since uh, 23. I mean, come on. Yeah. In this past four weeks, he has got six points just from bonus, right? Three points, two points, one point. And only one week he didn't. That's six points. That's an extra clean sheet already. And if he can keep up this bonus hauls, which I feel he can, just based on the way he plays, right? All the passes and, you know, the bonus point system takes into account this kind of thing. I think that bonus point will really go a long way. Interesting, Sam. Very interesting. I I must say, I really didn't expect this, but you, you're right. I mean, I'm looking at Rudiger's returns, right? It's all sixes, and Christensen's getting nines and eights. You could be onto something. Let's see how it is in a few weeks' time, whether I'm right or not. Anyway, I'm going to really go in on it. So when I do wildcard, whether this week or next week, it's Rudiger out for Christensen, partnered with Aspie for me. So I'm really, you know, going in on my gut, We'll see whether it pays or not. All right. And to come to the attackers, are you not getting any of Chelsea attackers? Because we've had questions, like I mentioned, from uh, Carrick Lowe as well. Uh, would you consider, you know, Mount or Havertz? I think you have Mount, right? I have I Havertz. Do. So it's, it's a bit hard for me, I think. Mount in the last game that he played was actually shifted into an unfamiliar position, which affects his um, FPL returns, right? Or his potential FPL returns. He's still a good player, I feel. But if he is still going to be, you know, shifted out, then I don't think he's a good FPL asset anymore. There are quite a lot of... So Mount and uh, Lingard are pretty much almost the same price range, right? So there yeah. are other options that I'm, that is making me start... start. <laughs> Let me phrase this right. The other options coming in are making me start the doubt Mount. I can't English right now. I'm starting to doubt Mount because of the other options. And you're not sold by Harvard. Harvard scored in midweek international break, took his, you know, took his goal like a champ, had an assist as well during the break. I yeah. and you if you saw Timo Werner's miss uh, against uh, North Macedonia, I think that has guaranteed that Harvard's will be the number nine for Chelsea for the next, you know, as long as Tuchel is there. Harvard's I like as a punt, right? But it's not guaranteed yet because he haven't really brought in the points yet 
So I think it's a it's a good punt to have. Like I wouldn't say no if someone told me they want to bring in Harvards. I wouldn't say it's a bad idea. Depends on your risk appetite, I guess. I'm gonna go so far and say that Harvards is a better pick than Bruno for the next two weeks. Ooh, Bruno just got a rest, so you're gonna eat your words. So Bruno, Bruno getting a rest makes no difference because all he does is take penalties and scores anyway. So I mean, he doesn't true. need to be. That is not true. But that, that, this is the first time Bruno has had a rest since this year, I think. Like this entire year, he has played midweek every single week. And because he um, couldn't play that last international match, that was the first time he had a full week's rest. So Prime Bruno is coming back to punish you, Doubtus. <laughs> okay, we're getting sidetracked again. Let's uh, Before we get to captaincy and quick fire questions let's just talk about wolves for a bit so we've you know discussed the idea of getting into wolves they have good fixtures coming up um but there is a bit of a reality check that i'm seeing from fans so let's just look at wolves fixtures for a sec so wolves play west ham this week then after that they start what on paper seems like a great run fulham chef united burnley west brom brighton so five what you would say really decent fixtures on paper but they're 13th in the league they're only two points ahead of saints and you know three points ahead of brighton so not a great season raul jimenez is out from what i've been seeing online from wolves fans especially we had a wolves fan fpl will who wrote a thread on wolves and how actually if you look at the underlying numbers they're doing quite badly yeah. and so we've got a couple of questions here from jan vest asking you know i rarely watch wolves games you know what is your view on them? You know, especially Cody and Neto. Would you pick at least one of them? Nano Africa asking best assets to have from Wolves. Former fluid football asking us, you know, a Wolves defender or Trent this week. So Sam, are you still going in on Wolves or are you going to just wait to see what happens? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold on Wolves, right? Good fixtures can mean nothing if your team just can't play well and Wolves are not playing well at all. The thing is, it's not to say that they won't return, right? Because Neto from Wolves, I feel if you were to get one midfielder, it has to be Neto. He's the only person right now who is somewhat returning. And even then, five goals, seven assists, but it's so spread out, you know what I mean? It'd be like a goal here, blank for two weeks, one assist here, blank for another two weeks, goal and assist. It's, I don't know. I'm not sold on Wolves. What do you think? I just think that there are so many other assets performing the Bulls best assets for me are maybe you know let's say Cody or Bully and maybe Neves or Neto I have enough defenders I'm happy with Chelsea defense I would want to have Luke Shaw and I think that would do me fine for defense and in terms of midfield I've got so many good options I've got Lingard I've got Rafinha I've got Jota I've got you know I've got Harvards Mount Harvards an Arsenal mid for their run I don't see where this Wolves asset would come in. And since they don't have the form this season, and as FPL will, who is a Wolves fan, has pointed out, they seem to be sort of sleepwalking without Raul Jimenez. And I can sort of see that when I watch Wolves play, you know, they eventually get a goal from somewhere, but it's not convincing. They sort of... Uh, William Jose hasn't really fit in, neither has Fabio Silva. They yeah, are... Neto is playing really well, though, I have to say. Like, from an eye test point of view, but... Everyone else in the team around him are just not making use of him. You know what I mean? Like he's creating chances, but none of the strikers can put it away. And yeah, Neto is their best player right now. 
Yeah. And also for me, I mean, like you say, so striker's not putting away chances, so then that doesn't really help the creator. But also the fact that I, I mentioned this before we started the pod that I wanted to talk about targeting teams who have something to play for versus teams who have nothing to play for. What do Wolves have to play for? They are probably too far ahead to get relegated, but they are not going to go any up higher than where they are. So what is the motivation here? Probably not much. And yeah. by definition, I think their performances will not be as good as other teams. Definitely. I think this is a classic fixtures over form thing, right? Where people get too excited by the fixtures, they forget about the form. I've always been form over fixtures. I don't know about you. Of course, the best if you can get both, right? Good form, good fixtures. And there are teams like that, so I wouldn't waste the slot in my team getting a Wolves asset in. Yeah, I think so too. And definitely this week, no reason to go in because they play West Ham. West Ham top of their game at the moment, right? Despite conceding three late on to Arsenal. You know, I think West Ham took that... The fact that West Ham seemed more upset by the draw tells you the way, how West Ham feel right now, how they feel about their prospects. And I think, you know, I wouldn't rush to get any Wolves assets this week. You can always reassess next week. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, so some quick ones here, Sam. Uh, questions about Aubameyang, right? We've got a question here from Ryan Lee in Arsenal asking, torn on Obama, torn on Oba at the moment. It's been poor for a while, but still have good fixtures. Do I hold or sell? We've also got... Uh, FPL Robin Hood asking, you know, I'm pro- probably going to bench Oba this week. What are you doing? So I'll take this. I own Oba. I may bench him, but that's not really so much that I'm concerned about Oba. I would be happy to play him if I could. But I, just the way my team is set up, I have Chelsea Assets who have a great fixture against West Brom. I have um, Assets playing, you know, Spurs playing Newcastle. So I have Kane and Son. And I will have Bamford and Rafinha against Sheffield United. So by that, you know, Long story short. And I also have my West Ham players against Wolves. So Oba's probably the one who I may rest. I haven't decided. I don't think it's the worst thing to rest him this week. But he should play because he came back early. He skipped the second game for international break. New haircut. New haircut. So, I mean, I don't know what you do with that. (laughs) But maybe more motivation. I will say this. I think Oba's been a little unlucky, right? Because he did really well when he was playing a central striker. He scored against Burnley. And then... After that, he gets in the traffic jam, he loses his place. Then he comes back into the team, but he's playing on the wing. And when Oba's on the wing, he's not a good FPL asset. And if I had known he was going to be on the wing, I would have never have gotten him. So I would say just, you know, take it week by week. They play Shuffle United 31. So definitely this is not the week to sell. And I would hold, for the very least, you know, chance of him playing Shuffle United. Any team playing Shuffle United, target them now. They have nothing to play for. Yeah, agreed. So since Oba is on the wing, does that mean Laka is a better asset to have now? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Laka is so much a better asset. I mean, you just you only need to watch the West Ham game. Laka had far more chances, far more involvement. And I feel really annoyed that, you know, I am stuck with Oba. If I could, you know, reverse roles now, I definitely would get Laka. And I think you should get Laka if you're going on wildcard. I'll consider that. But is he nailed though? Because I know he started the last two games, right? But before that, he was benched. Because when Oba plays in the middle, Laka doesn't doesn't even play, right? Yeah, he's. I don't think he's long term nailed. I I think neither Oba nor Laka have a lock on that central striker spot, and I think a lot of it has to do with just Arteta doesn't really know his best eleven. 
And that's why we keep shuffling the pack around. People come in this week. Callum Chambers played against West Ham. You know, Cal- Callum <laughs> Chambers well. is still at us. And did well and got an assist. And Callum Chambers is still at Arsenal, you know, which is crazy. If you would ask Arsenal fans, Callum Chambers being an Arsenal, that's like Philippe Senderos or Johan Giroud <laughs> still being. Yeah. So, so Arteta doesn't really know, I think, his best 11. And therefore, you can't say with certainty that Lacazette is nailed. But if Lacazette starts against Liverpool, looks good in the number nine position, how can you pass up the opportunity against Sheffield United? I certainly can't. I think... If you can, having seen what Leicester did to Sheffield United, you know, 5-0, and I don't think that's a one-off. Sheffield United have just sacked their manager of five years. They are bottom of the league. They are going down. Zero motivation. I would compare this to Huddersfield a few seasons ago. I think you take as many shots at them as you can get. I'm going in full in with Leeds this week. I plan to go in full on with Arsenal. I mean, even get Laka and just double up, you know. Take as many shots as you can at Sheffield United. If you can bag a Iannaccio, you know, 17-pointer, It'll make it all worth it. That's true. That's true. Okay, I think we'll probably go into Arsenal in more detail in the next part, right? When the fixture, right before yeah. they play Sheffield, yeah. Exactly. And okay, so let's get some quick fire questions here, Sam, because a lot of short ones this week. FPL swing. Name one player you will have from now till the end of the season. Bruno. I shouldn't have asked you this question, <laughs> but it's the truth, though. Okay, Fair. aside from Bruno, I will probably have one Chelsea defender up to the end of the season. I think that's a safe bet. But that's kind of boring, right? I think aside from defenders and Bruno, Kane, I probably would keep Kane right up to the end. That's even more boring, mate, but... <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a... What else am I going to say? Lingard, mate, obviously. I, I don't get you United fans who don't want to appreciate Jesse Lingard. He's running the show, mate. Lingard for me. Lingard has always been a form player, right? So just as easily as he's been scoring this week, he will start blanking in the next few weeks. You're sounding like one of those XG people I don't like, Sam. No, but he's on form now, so I, I would get him now. But once his form starts to turn, I would get him out immediately. Right? His, so his form will start about, to turn next season, mate. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But I'm saying, name one player you will have from now till the end of the season. So to me, that means a player who is guaranteed that they will be kind of on form right until the end. There's no chance of me taking them out barring injury, right? So that would be Kane, Bruno, and maybe Chelsea defenders right now. Fair. I don't get to argue too much with that. Body boys. I'm never oh, getting Chris- as well. Oh, yeah, I own Cresswell too now. I feel quite good about that. And You should wear for Kofal. No, no, no. I'm sick and tired of you getting these jammy... <laughs> and it's so sweet, right? It's Cress... my thing, man. It's my thing. Cresswell gets, you know, zero points. Dawson gets minus one. The week you free hit and I had Cresswell. You know, that, that yeah. minus one felt so sweet. One point didn't help you overtake me, sir. So. Oh, it's okay. In time, in time. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Body boys. Top three budget mids under seven million from thirty-one onwards. Uh, this is a tough one, right? So I'll take one uh, from thirty-one. I've already said it, right? I can't. I can't keep saying Lingard for each question. So let me be a bit more creative, and I'll say Jota. Easy. Mm-hmm. Jota's good. Well, thirty-one onwards, then thirty-one, you one and Arsenal. So if Saka is fit, I think he's a good shot. If he's fit, I actually really like Lucas Mora. But he's a he's above seven, right? 
7 point something. No, he's 6.6. And I'm glad you brought up Lucas Moura because we didn't talk about it. Spurs have a double in 32, right? Against Everton and Southampton. Just announced. I I mean, you gave me the idea, right? Because you talked so much about Lucas Moura in the last pod. And And it came true. Yeah, it came true. It was a good call by me. Even though I myself did not bring Moura in. I was going to (laughs) say. But it was a good call. And this week, I posted something on Twitter about how you know, everybody has Sun and Kane, so why not just go all in, get a triple? And everybody seemed very unenthusiastic. Spurs triple attack, I don't really know, you know, and then next week they blank and stuff. People seem very down on that idea. So that just makes me feel like I want to do it more. <laughs> 6.6 million, he's returning. He's returned more points than Sun in recent weeks. He's, you know, and he seems to, unlike Bale, he does not seem to be in Mourinho's bad books at the moment. He actually has turned his entire game around these past few weeks and he's everything Moreno wants in a player I think he is maybe the second best first asset to have next to Kane is he a top 3 budget he is a good option but is he the top 3 I mean if you're looking from 31 onwards I wouldn't say Rafinha from 31 because he has those 3 difficult fixtures I'd say after that he comes back into the picture so I think if you say Rafinha you say uh, Jota and Lingard sorry Mura, Lingard and Jota I yeah, think th- a solid three there Madison is back right he's 7.1 so just a bit above but Ayuzi Perez is not a good player so I would assume <laughs> that Madison slots right there you know the only thing about Madison is that he tends to take a bit to come back from injuries um, based on his previous record he always comes on for like a, you know 15 minutes, 20 minutes, get a little bit injured again, comes back. And it takes a while for him to get into full fitness, right? But he could be a good shot, actually. Chipless chaps. Thoughts on Vardy over Bruno for Leicester's run from 32 to 35. Looking at Vardy and Kalechi double up. Now, I know that even asking you, Sam, about selling Bruno is you know not something that you will like. But this run that Leicester have is amazing, right? They play... West Brom, Palace, Southampton, Newcastle, between 32 and 35. And for me, Kelechi Inacho is a must-own for that run. Yeah, I'm not sure about the double-up because I'm not sure how much value Vardy gives. What do you think? I wouldn't double-up, I think. Because there are a lot of other good strikers to have. So I wouldn't waste two striker spots on Leicester. I'll have Nacho. I think Nacho and- is great now. And I don't know the way the system has... The way Rogers got them playing right now really unlocks Nacho. He's just unreal right now. The question is when Barnes come back, how would they fit them in? Because right now they're playing with one AM, two strikers, right? The AM is Ayose Perez, so Madison's back, he'll probably go back there. But once Barnes come in, that's that's the question. You know, where is Barnes going to play? But he's still quite far, I think. At least another month more. I think uh, Rogers said something to that effect, right? He just had surgery, he's going to take a few weeks, and even then, he's going to have to, um, you know, I think Roger said something like, he, when you come in from a long injury, you're not just going to go back straight into the team. So, for now, I think Nacho is safe. A very simple answer to that question, Sam. Ricardo Pereira will be back soon. Okay, I've heard all that before. <laughs> okay, that's why we didn't know Justin for 20 weeks. So, no, that is not a reason to not have Ian Nacho. If I'm being fully honest, if I could have Inacho this week, I would because he's playing Man City and Aguero retiring or well leaving City 
you know, perfect opportunity for Ian Archer to show Pep, you know, I could have been the replacement, you know, I could have been the guy, but you didn't want me, you know, and it's perfect chance for Archer to rub it in his face. So that's true, actually. Yeah. yeah all, uh, I always see one of the things that we're digressing a bit, but one of the reasons I see people say Liverpool assets are must own coming up for the next few weeks is because they will want it more, you know, they will want to fix what has gone wrong. And I, I never get that because, you know, all you teams chasing didn't want, want to fix, fix it like the past few weeks. <laughs> Th- that's my point, right? Like Arsenal are four points behind Liverpool, but nobody ever says that, oh, Arsenal will want to fix it. Like, so, Yonacho will want to score against Pep. That is something I'm telling you now. And I, I have no issues if you get Yonacho this week. To come back to uh, Chipless Chap's question, Vardy over Bruno for 32-35, would that run? I think that's a fair shout. But Why? I mean, okay, if you're not if you're not doubling up, right? Oh wait, sorry, you're asking Vadi or Bruno. They're not even in the same position. Budget, Sam. Budget, right? So there if your budget, be, I bet this guy has Salah. That's why he don't have to budget. Sell Salah, you know, instead of Bruno, and then do your double up. There okay, must be someone it. else you can sell, right? Why do you have yeah. to be Bruno? Bruno, he's not even been playing badly. You know what I mean? Your, your loyalty for Bruno is turning you blind. So Bruno plays Brighton and Spurs next if there was ever a time. And that's why I don't own Bruno and I'm really not scared this week. If we keep talking about Brighton's good XGC and all that, what is he going to do against Brighton? Maybe one pen, you know? Uh, I assume this time the referee... Points, w- yeah, one point. Okay, one pen is 10 points. But I assume this time when the referee blows his whistle, people will leave the field and there will be no calling them back on to take <laughs> the pen. So... <laughs> I know, to me, there are other assets you can sell, right? You don't have to sell Bruno. All right. Uh, FPL Mihir, great fan of the pod, who wrote a really good thread on Chelsea defenders this week. He asked, which five mids would you have as long-term picks from this week till the end? Uh, tough question, I think, because uh, f- five mids, we may not even commit to five mids, you know, until the end of the season. But I think we've spoken about quite a few already. I would say Jota and Lingard for me. Any others you would say, Sam, until the end of the season? Of course, Bruno, obviously. Barring injury and all that, I guess, right? So, Bruno, yeah, I think Jota, Lingard. Would you put KDB? What's your thoughts on KDB, by the way? Or is just your the rotation, it means zero city assets for you? I mean, if I already owned them, then I'd probably have more conflict about it, but... Even then also, I just think, is it really worth the risk? You know, you'd have to have a really good bench. And once again, I come back to it. If your bench is so good, you probably want to play those players. So then why are they on your bench? So I'm just not keen. I think you can't predict the rotation. That's what's really annoying me. You couldn't have seen the rotation that came against Fulham, KDB, Gundo, you know, who else? You know, so, so many other players suddenly just bench. You know, Aguero suddenly starting. Eric Garcia is coming off the bench. Why does Eric Garcia need to play any football? He's leaving this club, you know. That's true. So, yeah, so I just don't think it's worth it. Pep really wants to win the Champions League. And I think people forget that he hasn't won it in 10 years. Pep Guardiola not winning the Champions League. He used to win it for fun. Yeah. So, going back to the question, I think I agree with you. It's kind of hard to pick long-term picks because none of them really stand out to me. I would have them for certain fixtures, right? Like Rafinha, you know, once he gets over that bad run, get him back in again. Um... I would have Lucas Mora now because he seems to be on form, but I'm not confident having him right to the end of the season. So, yeah, we are struggling to name five. <laughs> Hard to commit to five, but I think you've yeah. given a fair selection. And let's uh, keep going, right? 
uh, Joseph Melvin asking if there's any week you consider bench boosting. Now, he can't do it this week because of his team. I would say it's really team dependent. But since Ben Krellin has mentioned this on Twitter, he thinks that there may be a double in 35. If you really want to, you can hold out your bench boost until then. But otherwise, I think you just have to play it week to week and see, you know, it, it's so team dependent. I don't think we can tell you without looking at your team, I think. Yeah, exactly. Agree. And uh, AGFPL asking about the best week to wildcard in. Same thing, very team dependent, you know. But as Sam has mentioned, some merits to even considering a wildcard this week. And yeah. I take it, Sam, you're not too fussed about the 35 double if it happens. No, not really. I think you can, it's still some week away, right? You can use your free transfers to, you know, to plan towards it. I think that's fair. So let's get into captaincy, Sam. Captaincy this week, right? You've got good fixtures for so many teams. Chelsea play West Brom. Leeds play Sheffield United. Newcastle against Spurs. United versus Brighton. Who's your captain going to be, Sam? I ask whilst, you know, I'm almost 90% sure I know who you're going to say. But, you know, surprise me. No, it's, it's going to be a Leeds asset. Oh. Yeah, I think just you cannot ignore the fact that Sheffield are so bad right now. Any team that plays them is going to use the opportunity to, to you know, score as many as they can. Even more so with a team like Leeds who scoring is pretty much all they care about. So I I don't think I can look past a Leeds asset this week. Bamford or Rafinha for me. I'm really annoyed because captaining a Leeds asset was what I've been talking about for weeks. And everybody's been like, oh, but Kane, EO, you know, and I've, I've muted the word EO on Twitter. Okay, I don't need to hear about effective ownership. I I don't give you know a flying monkeys about effective ownership. I don't. I by definition, Leeds are a better pick this week. They've had rest. They've spent two weeks just chilling, you know, playing FIFA, relaxing. Whereas Kane has been playing, you know, Albania and uh, who else did he play? You know, he's had a hectic, you know, international break. I mean, ignoring EO, Kane does have a good fixture this week, right? Newcastle are bad, so I wouldn't say he's a bad pick. But to me, Sheffield, Newcastle are bad, Sheffield are worse. I'm going to go against Sheffield. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's a bad pick this week. Even just ignoring the whole EO thing. Yeah, I mean, totally with you. I think you couldn't have said it any better. Newcastle bad, but nowhere near as bad as Sheffield United. And people forget, Newcastle still very much in a chance of survival. In fact, you know, things look good because, you know, Fulham didn't win that day, you know, against Leeds. So there's still, there's still some distance. And they've got Callum Wilson back. And I know he's a striker, but that makes so much more of a difference when you have, you know, somebody in front of you who can score. That just transports belief to the rest of the team. Look at Grealish being out for Villa. What does it do to them? Steve Bruce Masterclass. Straight clean sheets for the next, uh, what, eight weeks. Oh, it would be hilarious if they kept it clean against Spurs. <laughs> yep. So anyway, I'm going Leeds. So I guess you're going Leeds too. Right. Oh, oh, definitely. Since it was my idea, so obviously I'm going with Leeds. I was captaining, you know, Rafinha last week, so I was doing it before, you know, it was cool. But my issue, Sam, and this is why I want to come to you, because who, how do you pick between Rafinha and Bamford? Because that's the real question here, I think. Because if you look at the haul history, right, Rafinha, only one double-digit haul all season. So I, my initial thought on this and I, was that Rafinha would be the more explosive one, but only one double-digit haul, whereas Bamford has had four double-digit hauls this season. Granted, he's played more weeks than Rafinha, but still, that's quite a big figure. And 11 points last week. And he is on pants. So does that make you sway towards Bamford? Yeah, actually. So explosiveness is a big factor, and I talk about it a lot in this pod, right? When choosing a captain. 
for me, Bamford ticks the boxes. So I'm going to go Bamford. He says he's fit again. Yeah, Bamford. But if you don't have Bamford, Rafinha, not a bad option to have. It's really annoying because I've been saying Rafinha all week and I want to justify that to myself, right? But just looking at numbers... And because Bamford did mention on a podcast, I think yesterday or today, that he sound you know he feels good, so that means he should play. And if he's starting, I think you you always have to back the striker. I think, I yeah. just yeah. The, the, the counter potential. argument for you, if you are in the Rafinha camp, is that if you watch the game, every single game, he definitely has a chance of a double digit haul. You know what I mean? He will put on like two three chances on a plate for Bam- Bamford. He will get few shots on goals. So very easily it can happen. He's unlucky not to have more. You can put it that way. Yeah, so many of his chances don't get finished, right? And that's unfortunate, but that's just the role he plays. Yeah. So anyway, you said you wanted an argument for Rafina. That is me helping you, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's fair. But I, I, on balance, I think I'd have to agree with you. It's annoying because I know you don't care about ownership, but Bamford is so much more owned. So it'd be so much cooler to have Rafinha, who is far less owned. You get a much bigger boost from his haul. But I think that's true. But I think we ignore it. You know, if we if we blanked out ownership, we probably would pick Bamford. So I think that's probably the right choice. And you're not feeling the love for Bruno. That means I'm surprised. Now Brighton kicked our asses the last time we played them. <laughs> so I would always, um, ne- I would never discount Bruno from hauling. Right, or from returning at least. Whether United will win or not, that's a different story. But Bruno just has that in him, right? I mean, the fact that he's on pants and and Bruno can play bad the whole game but suddenly come in with a beautiful assist as he's done many, many times this season. So I would not say he's a bad pick. He's just not my number one captain pick this week. All right, fair enough. And Kane, Sam, because we neither of us are capping Kane, it seems, and I'm sure... I mean, I haven't listened to any other pod this week, but I'm going to do it after this. I suspect Kane is probably the popular captaincy pick. So why yeah. not Kane? I won't be surprised. I mean, Newcastle is a good fixture. So, but why aren't you capping Kane then? <laughs> because I already said this now. Newcastle bad, Sheffield worse. All right. That, that that should make for a very good captaincy thread. I think I'll just write that up later. Good explanation. i just finish off quickly. The mini league. All right. So obviously it's been a while since game between nine, but Jesper Olsen still leads the league. 1963 points right now. He leads just ahead of FPL Mariner, 1957. Jason Hannigan, 1944. Paul Bale, long-time leader. Big jump this week, 67 points, 1944. And Nigel Lemon, 1943. And just to point out, Jesper Olsen is now ranked 3.3k in the world, Sam. He's wow. on course for his best ever finish. Wow, congratulations, man. Having yeah. an insane season. Somebody listening to you, you know, spout Bruno. I, I had this comment from somebody, a listener this week, FPL doctor, and he said, I just want to tune in to hear you talk about Bruno. It's just whisper sweet nothings about Bruno. <laughs> I've been controlling it in the past few podcasts. Yeah, I don't know if you, it's noticeable. It. I have, right? Uh, I have. It was, but then again, you messaged me today morning to say, you know, Bruno's had a rest. I think I'll captain Bruno. And it, I just rolled my eyes and said, you know, I, I, I can't deal with this now. He did have a rest though. Mark my words, he will return this week. Just not as much as a Leeds asset. And by the way, the mini league, 05 TM12. So if you're not in, get in, you know. You've still got nine weeks left of the season. So feel positive. Take some chances, people. You know, 
is all to play for, right? So let's get some green arrows this week. Oh, 